Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Have you seen this movie? Now, who's next? Mr. Anderson. So you're sitting there in agony. Come on, Todd, step up. Let's put you out of your misery. I, I didn't do it. I didn't write it. Mr. Anderson thinks that everything inside of him is worthless and embarrassing. Isn't that right, Todd? That's your worst fear. I think you're wrong. I think you have something inside of you that is worth a great deal. Now, you'll recognise the voice there of the great Robin Williams uh, and that movie, Dead Poets Society. And it was that scene where he was attempting to persuade Todd in particular to let it out there, to stand up in front of the class and to uh, perform the poem. But if you relate to Todd's reluctance to speak in class there, as we heard in that clip from Dead Poets Society, you may have a fear of public speaking. It's a common anxiety that can strike real fear in quite a few people, it seems, uh, from my own experience of meeting people over the years. But at important times in our life, like a speech at a wedding or a reading at a funeral, then you will want to be able to overcome this fear. So what's the best way to go about it? Well, Liam Quinn is president of Thoman Toastmasters in Limerick and is with me now. Hello, Liam. How are you doing? Uh, hello, Joe. So it, it isn't untrue at all to say that among the fears that people have, this feels like it's right up there. It is, Joe. And uh, just to tell you, I'm accompanied by another accomplished toastmaster, Mark Quinn, who won the recent humorous speech contest in Liverpool. But to get on to your question, uh, there's a famous quotation from Franklin D. Roosevelt that says, "Nothing you have nothing to fear except fear itself. Now, that's all very fine if you're Franklin D. Roosevelt. But in terms of public speaking, yes, it is true. Whenever I approach people about the uh, about toastmasters, the first thing they will say to me, oh, I wouldn't be any good at that, you know, and... I've often been at conferences and weddings and such events and people will stand up and say, well, you know, this is not my forte and, uh, you know, you speak, you know, I can't speak, all this kind of stuff. But look, you'll never develop your ability in anything unless you develop the skills and also the will to do it. And I think that's, I think, a good starting point. Uh, and there is an organization out there whereby people uh, can, you know, learn those skills and uh, learn them in very supportive uh, environments as you have in the uh, Toastmasters Club. And as you know, we have three of them in Limerick. And uh, we meet throughout the year, twice a month. And uh, our particular one is in that I'm a member of is in the uh, Tormund. It's called the Tormund Toastmasters. It meets in the Castle Tower Park Hotel every second Thursday. And there are two others in Limerick. Uh, the Limerick one in the Strand and also Ragin that meets in the in the South Court. But the... Uh, the developing of the of the of the skills is really uh, is something that is you know basic to Toastmasters, and uh, the Toastmasters uh, program itself incorporates eleven different skills in the various ca- categories that includes communication, leadership, and motivation. And uh, the meetings are very supportive. They're conducted um, in an organ in in a group, if you like, that involves in our case anyway four different nationalities. Uh, incorporating about seven different uh, academic uh, backgrounds from business to, to, to publishing to uh, public to public service. And um, the meetings are conducted in a very supportive and in a very friendly manner. Mm. 
uh, they last for about two hours and uh, there is an intermission in the in the middle when we have coffee and then afterwards we can very often have uh, a social interaction. I, 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 in my case, I've had a lot of time. And Liam, I just want to, I mean, does it fascinate you as it does me that a wedding is a typical example of this? You know, huge amounts of money can go into weddings you know, for all sorts of things that you know, are important to people. But at the same time, you know, whether you're talking about flower arrangements or the dinner setting or whatever you want. And yet the thing that most people will say about weddings who have to do it is the most frightening thing is the speech that someone has to give, you know, best man, bridesmaid, whoever might be doing it. And then guests will often say that brevity and wit um, and the kind of speech that it is can significantly enhance or frankly detract from the day. And yet the preparation around that is often not at the same level as other things. Yes, that's true. And uh, we have people coming to us uh, uh, to prepare for their speeches at weddings. And also a category that we have is the uh, students coming to deliver their thesis, the PhD students. And those people who, who do that and who do prepare get over it quite easily. It's the people who don't prepare and uh, don't anticipate what they have to do that have the problem with it. And uh, like you said, there are, there are natural speakers as well. There are people who are naturally funny. You know, if you take the comedians, they have this gift of timing and they have this, you know, gift of being able to to listen in particular. It's a particular skill in Toastmasters is the listening skills because part of the work that we do in Toastmasters is uh, listening and evaluating the speakers. And uh, I can think of no better man to kind of come in here and give me a handout is Mark Quinn, who won the uh, humorous speech contest in, in, in Liverpool in May. Mark. Sure. Hi, Joe. Good morning. How are you? Good morning to you. So the, uh, injecting humor into a speech. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> Um, I, I, well, I would add just one other thing that Liam was saying there a moment ago about preparation uh, and also the scenario that you gave is great because it's a very, very real scenario that uh, we will all at some point in our lives have been in uh, and then been really nervous and apprehensive about the speech that we may have been asked to give, a best man speech uh, or, or some other speech. So it's a great scenario because it's so real. And preparation is the absolute key. Uh, but beyond that, it's visualization. Uh, so really thinking through the environment that you're going to be in, the audience that you will be speaking in front of, uh, even imagining a visualization, visualizing the walk from your seat up to the uh, stage. It, all of these help to take away the nervousness and the anxiety that you may have. Um, as for humor, um, you know, I think all of us have a funny story from our lives, and it may have happened in university, in school, in work. We may have seen it at a party at a neighbor's house. So we all have a story to tell that's funny. And we tell these stories really well, perhaps when we're with, when we're with a small group. And really, that all the what Toastmasters helps me to, helps me to do uh, and helps all of my fellow Toastmasters to do as well is to take that speech, that humorous speech, that funny story that we have inside in our heads, we prepare, we visualize, and the big thing then is saying it in front of a larger audience. And that really, for me, was probably the big, uh, the big difference to all of the funny stories that I've been telling my friends and colleagues and brothers and family right down through the years. Then getting to a stage where you're presenting to hundreds of people in a room and many, many more people online, the preparation and visualization really helped me to just calm down, prepare, use pace, pause, yeah. 
and then be as just tell it be as natural but, as it possibly can be. But the only thing I would say is, and when we would make this point in radio regularly, that comedy is something that shouldn't be done on radio unless it's good. There's nothing worse than a bad joke or bad comedy uh, that falls flat. So it is an extra layer, isn't it? It, it is, Joe. I, I would agree with you on that. Um, if I was to go back to the preparation for a moment, the uh, Liam just referred to the competition that I won about, about a month ago. However, I wrote this speech. The speech came into my mind when I was on the beach in the south coast of Turkey last summer. And this speech, I thought it was funny, but it was playing around in my mind for about three or four months before I actually gave it in front of an audience. So that gave me time to tune it a little bit and take out the parts that I originally thought were funny, but in actual fact, just weren't. Mm. And then I thought a little bit more about the audience and so forth. And uh, as I was doing that, again, I was fine-tuning it all the time. So I agree with you, getting it right is really important because it can just fall on dead ears if it's not right. So getting it right is really, really important. But practice, practice, practice. And I probably took more out of the speech in its original form to the competition form. In the competition, I probably said 10% of what the original thought was. So taking as much out is probably quite key as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the other point is probably worth making, isn't it, that... You shouldn't imagine, nor is it necessarily a good thing, that you won't have some nerves. So for the competition that we had recently, I was very nervous. Not just some nerves, I was very nervous. Because even after all of the, you know, your preparation and fine-tuning and practicing it in front of audiences at least three or four times before this final competition, um, it still is just that it's a competition so you're absolutely right joe i was nervous on the day but you know the it, you know what what gets you to the point where those nerves are your friend or your ally is very simply the preparation it's kind of thinking back to all of the advice and feedback that i would have been given by my fellow toastmasters over months and all of the little tips they just come into place right when you need them. So you're absolutely right to point out that nerves are there. They are. But, you know, I think you could probably say that of any um, people going into any competition, whether it's in rugby or rowing, which is my sport, nerves can be a good thing and they can be your friend, but they will certainly not be there for you if you haven't done the preparation. Yes, yes, the control of them. And, you know, as you say, the prep is all very important. And I mean, have you come across people, you know, through Toastmasters who have come in initially and you even might have thought yourself, they don't believe that they will get to the point they can stand up in front of people and say a few words, but it happens. Joe, I'd say one of the rewarding things for me about Toastmasters, and I've only been in the club, I think, for about three years, but one of the very rewarding things is watching others develop. So I've seen people join the club um, and be quite nervous, uh, really not able to uh, take the words that are in their mind, the story, the whatever it may be that's in their mind, and able to get it out, and then watching them develop as they pick up tips from their fellow Toastmasters as they practice and prepare, seeing them develop over time and become better speakers than they would have been when they started is hugely, hugely rewarding. And what was it like to so win? I think that's, Sorry. Uh, 
So I think that's something that I very much enjoy about the club is watching that development and seeing people become better speakers. Right. What was it like to win that competition then? <laughs> uh, it, I, I still have to sometimes pinch myself a little bit uh, and think back, did I really win it? It was, it was amazing. It was absolutely just one of the better feelings that I've ever had. Yeah. And so winning was, you know, the, you know, everything. It was just a great day for me, obviously, but it was a great win for the club. You know, I look back to all of the little tips and tricks that my uh, fellow Toastmasters gave me. So it was just a huge, huge reward right. uh, to the club. Uh, I'm incredibly uh, thankful uh, to them for uh, it. And what, so was the, for what was the theme of the speech? I'm not asking to give it all to me now, but the theme of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's about probably one of the, the hardest topics there is to figure out. The title of the speech is What's Love Got to Do With It? Oh, boy. In the seven minutes that I was speaking, I'm not sure that I figured it out, but, uh, but I gave it my best job. Right. Yeah, that could be funny, or it could be other things, too. <laughs> wow. Uh, go, yes. There's a topic. There's a topic. Uh, so, Liam, um, a great example there uh, from Mark, of you know what Toastmasters can do for people and how important it is because in the world in which we live in now, you almost can't avoid situations where you will have to make a presentation, you'll have to say a few words here or there, you know, whether that's a group of 10 or 20 or 30 or 100 or, you know, whatever. Well, like a lot of uh, organizations throughout the world, uh, in some parts of the world, they take this more seriously. In America, for example, we are told that uh, it's very important to include a, qualifi a Toastmasters qualification on your CV. And apparently, uh, I don't exactly have the figures, but a huge percentage of people who are going for promotion and who have the Toastmasters certification on their CV get promoted. And that in itself is, uh, I think, a, 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 a quite a substantial initiative. But just going back to the humor thing for a minute, uh, Joe, we've, uh, I think it's uh, four different nationalities in our club and uh, seven different uh, you know, occupations. And humor, you know, we've all heard of the dad jokes that we all think are very funny. But humor is a, is, is a, a very difficult concept. Yes, because uh, we, we found, I won't say quite to our cost, where some of the topics that were introduced were actually quite sensitive in relation to people from, let's say, different ethnic groups or different, let's say, religions or different nationalities. So we're all learning from, you know, our diverse uh, population that we have. Yeah, and the, that's a very fair point. The club is, yeah. is very diverse. Yeah, and uh, we've become quite sensitive now to that, you know. I think that's a great point. I I'd absolutely think that, you know, what people may have thought was funny 10, 20, um, 30 years ago you know, in, in the society in which we live today, uh, you have to be very careful. So, uh, Liam, um, <laughs> people presumably can just come along to Thoman Toastmasters. I think you said second Thursday, every second Thursday at the Castroy Park Hotel? Yeah, I would. the starting point, I would say, Joe, would be uh, to send us an email at tomandtoastmasters at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook. The tomandtoastmasters at gmail.com, we will respond. And uh, we resume our meetings on the second Thursday in September and then every second Thursday after that. They have at 8 p.m. Our, our club meets in the Castletrye Park Hotel, but there's also clubs meeting in the Strand and also in the South Court Hotel, also resuming in September. So there's a bit, plenty of opportunities for people who live in different parts of the city to attend uh, the meetings. Fantastic. All right. Well, listen, I think it's an absolutely brilliant organisation and there's no doubt that uh, the more that people can be encouraged to speak to some extent in public, you know, there'll be people who will never want to do it, perhaps, but might 
still find it necessary, then organisations like Toastmasters are of huge value. Liam Quinn, President of Thoman Toastmasters, thank you very much for joining us and well done to Mark again for both talking to us, but more importantly for winning that big award recently. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today.